0: Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, has it failed with Trey and DeJounte? Do the Falcons need Hopkins? And is Jared the guy? It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get uh, your podcast from. Also, the uh, latest episodes of Hitting Hard are available to you as soon as they are available. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So this is a question that has been Asked a lot here lately that I'm seeing popping up on Twitter feeds and radio shows and different things like that. Has it failed with Trey and DeJounte? So let me read you a quote from DeJounte Murray. Okay. This was from not too long ago, uh, from All the Smoke. I don't know if that's a podcast or whatever. Maybe they got all the smoke. Maybe they don't have some smoke. Maybe it's a little bit of smoke. But anyway all the smoke he said this in an interview it's a process i'm trying to put uh i'm trying to put it to his head to the rest of the team's head it's a journey it's a process and what we want don't come overnight it ain't easy we are still trying to figure it out i don't want to say i don't want nothing easy i'm built for adversity at the end we're going to smile We're going to laugh, joke, everything. You got to grind it out. So look, has it failed? From the record standpoint, it's failed. I don't know that Trey and DeJounte themselves have failed. They're averaging combined over 47 points a game, 16 assists, um, almost nine rebounds a game. So statistically... You know, they've they've both had pretty good years. I mean, DeJounte and Trey, Trey's 27 and 10. DeJounte's 21 and six with four, you know, almost five rebounds. So statistically, they've not been too bad together. But it doesn't seem like that this offense has flowed the way that we all expected it to, right? You know, when Trey Young is in catch and shoot mode, his three-point percentage has been better than, you know, when he's bringing the ball up or just working around with the, with the ball to, to shoot a three. You know, his catch and shoot, just catch, fire, fire it up. Those percentages have been pretty good. DeJounte Murray, you know, who doesn't really shoot corner threes, his if you look at his field goal percentage from corner threes, has been pretty good on catch and shoot. So, I look, it's been a season now, right? And obviously, we are disappointed in everything that has gone on with the Atlanta Hawks, right? So I want to give this, you know, when Quinn Snyder was brought in, the mantra was, well, can he build around Trey Young or this or that or whatever like that? I also think part of this, though, is the fact of, can Trey and DeJounte work together? Because The real decision that the Hawks are going to have to make is whether you offer an extension or whether you trade DeJounte, like that's the real decision that is coming up sooner rather than later. You know, Trey Young is going to be here and and he's going to be here at a minimum of at least another year of all this. You know, again, I I don't know if at the end of next year that they would entertain discussion. But certainly nothing is going to happen at the end of the year, in the offseason, going into next Nothing with Trey Young is going to happen. But you have to make a decision on DeJounte Murray. And I think part of it is, with Quinn Snyder being brought in, who runs a different offensive system and style than what Nate McMillan does, is that can you get Trey and DeJounte to get on the same page? You know, we heard Nate McMillan talk about in the offseason That, and this is before they even made the DeJounte Murray trade, that maybe Trey will play more off ball. Maybe he won't be so ball dominant. You know, I mean, if you look at the Cleveland Cavaliers, right, it's worked out for their backcourt duo. adding Donovan Mitchell to their backcourt. It's worked out for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have figured it out, right, with their two backcourt guys. That's worked out really well but it hasn't come together for DeJounte and Trey, who we had lots of expectations to. So on the surface, you look at the stats and say, okay, 47 points. I mean, if I'd have told you going into this year that those two guys would be almost 48 points a game, 16 assists, and almost nine rebounds a game, would you have taken those numbers combined? Would you, would you have taken that those numbers? Because that would be almost like, 24, 8, and 4. Would you have taken those numbers for those two guys? Yes. But it, it hasn't quite meshed and jailed. And I do think Quinn Snyder was brought in for when he was brought in to see if this thing can work or not, to see if they can build something together. Because, look, DeJounte Murray, and I'll stick to my guns on all this, You know, and I know he hasn't played as well lately, but he's the MVP of this team. You know, he's your best defensive player. He's your best on-ball defender. He's a guy that makes more game-changing plays than anybody on this roster, including Trey Young. You know, he has, I I, I use this term, he has more winning basketball plays than anybody on this roster. And that's not to diss Trey or anything, because I know people get upset if you say, Anything bad about Trey Young? There are that section of fans or whatever like that 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 if you say anything critical of Trey Young, Trey Young has definitely improved defensively. Okay, and maybe that's maybe that's some of the 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 Murray effect out of it. You know, maybe he sees a Dejounte Murray who's more of a excuse me, more of a two way player, and maybe that's motivated Trey Young. And if that's the case, then. All good. Like, I mean, that's a good thing for this this team to have, right? So I want to see more of this, but I want to see a full offseason with Quinn Snyder, who everybody acknowledges. We've had people on this show talk to different people. Obviously, they say that he's a basketball savant, right? That he's a genius at basketball. He's one of the smartest people that you'll just... Forget basketball that you'll ever just talk to, right? So I want to see an offseason with Quinn Snyder. Because I'll tell you the other part of this, too, is I'm not sure some of the other pieces that they have have thrived or flourished with what that backcourt has done. Certainly, John Collins has not had a very, you know, memorable year. Clint Capella is what he is. You know, he's 10 points and 12 boards. I don't need him to be anything more than that. Like I don't need Clint Capella to shine. If he's 10 points and 12 boards every night, hey, I'm I'm good with all of that. But we've seen Hunter struggle. We've seen John Collins struggle. You know, we we we've seen we've seen some guys that haven't performed up to the level that we expected them to. But I don't know that the record, I mean, if we just boil it down to the record, it's failed because they are not as good as what we thought it would be. But I want to ride this thing out. I want to see DeJounte and Trey have a full year together in a Quinn Snyder-led offensive scheme and system and see if these guys can figure it out. Because personally, like I want to keep DeJounte Murray here. And if that is at the expense of Hunter or Capella or Collins, if it's at that expense that we have to keep DeJounte Murray here, I will take DeJounte over any of those other guys. I think he's that good of a two-way player, and I think he's that much of a difference maker. There are a lot of games, and we've mentioned this before, that had they not have had DeJounte Murray on the court, that they would have lost over the last couple of years. There are games that he has won them that they certainly wouldn't have, you know, won last year. So, We'll see what happens with all of this, but it definitely is uh, interesting to see what goes on. All right, let's talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Listen, FanDuel is America's number one sports book. You saw NCAA tournament action, right, last night, four games last night, four games again here tonight. When you go to FanDuel.com, you can claim your no-sweat first bet where you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything from money lines to point scores to number of three points drain, anything in between. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So head to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and claim your no sweat first bet where you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's fanduel.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Make every moment more with Fanduel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. So Benjamin Albright, who's an NFL insider and all this good kind of stuff, had put a tweet out, I guess, um, and and this was from somebody else, but quoting Benjamin Albright, who's in uh, you know one of these NFL nicks and all that kind of stuff. Quote: Teams, I'm told, that are interested with the possible capital to pull off a trade for Hopkins, meaning DeAndre Hopkins, include but aren't limited to the New England Patriots, the New York Giants, the Tennessee Titans and the Atlanta Falcons. So I asked the question, you know, does DeAndre the, the Hunter, or sorry, DeAndre Hopkins, is that a piece that the Falcons should really be looking at to add to it? Now, again, when you look at his contract, um, and, and this will obviously, you know, part of this would have to be reworked because right now <laughs> he has a 3075 cap hit for this year and then he's got a 26.215 cap hit for next year so he's almost 31 million on the cap this year and 26 million on the cap next year with a dead cap number this year of almost 23 million dollars now the other part of this too is that there are reports that the arizona cardinals and this is a quote want quote a second round pick plus, unquote, okay? So either that's a second rounder and an additional pick or something a little bit better, which is obviously a first round pick, and then they won't probably take any other compensation for it all. Okay, look, do I like DeAndre Hopkins as a player? Yes, okay, Is this team in the business of adding a $30 million wide receiver where you have to give up any draft capital? No, no. Like I, I, again, if Hopkins was a free agent and and he was coming here to play for a year at nine or $10 million, sure, I'd be all for that. But even giving up a second round pick and then, trying to figure out what his contract is going to be, I don't want any of that. Like Deandre Hopkins is one of those teams that is a luxury when when you get to a certain level, right? Like he's one of those guys that should be on like the Chiefs or somebody like that. You know, listen, you know, a j. Brown last year became a hundred million dollar wide receiver when he was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles and right they they were paying, them, I think 25, I think it was four for a uh, hundred at $25 million a year or whatever the contract was. Can we, I mean, yeah, we can, we have certainly some of the draft capital and we certainly have some of the cap space I think right now that the Falcons are, I don't know, 22, 23, $25 million, you know, below the cap. I mean that, that they've got money to spend. Right. And again, when you're talking about 22 million dollars five or six million dollars is allocated to your draft picks you probably keep five six seven eight million dollars in reserve the falcons had nine million dollars to spend going into last year and if they don't use that five six whatever million dollars they'll roll that into next year's money they have that much more to spend or whatever like that but at this point when you start talking about the deandre hopkins of the world those guys are luxury pieces. You know, this is like hanging a chandelier in a house that doesn't have a footing or a frame to it, right? like if if you're chandelier shopping and your concrete slab and your studs aren't up and you have a roof over your head, right? Why are you buying chandeliers right now? I, I need I need plywood. I need insulation. I need shingles, I need concrete, right? I need all of those things first before I start chandelier shopping. And that's what DeAndre Hopkins is. And and yes, just because the Falcons have draft capital or money to spend and things like that, doesn't mean that he's a good fit for the Atlanta Falcons. Again, if he was a free agent for eight or $9 million, okay, if he would play for that little money and come to Atlanta and be a part of something and maybe be on a two-year deal where you can get out of it in one year, okay, because I do we do have a little bit of money to spend. Okay, I mean, sure, and that kind of sense. But if I'm giving up a second-round pick, I mean, let's say it's a second-and-a-fifth-round pick and... I've got to absorb that contract and figure out what that number is going to be because it certainly won't be a $31 million cap hit. It's not going to certainly be that. But if I have to absorb and figure, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's chandelier shopping and I don't have a roof over my head, right? Like I don't don't have a place to hang the shit. Even if I bought the nicest, most luxurious chandelier in all of the world, if I don't have a place to hang it, and and it's gonna stay out of the rain. What difference does it make? What what good is that chandelier? It just sits in a sits in a box in a garage or something and just takes up space. Again, I I I just I I I get my mind blown on some of these things. What do we not understand about why we don't win in the NFL? What what we've had five straight losing seasons. What do we not understand about why we don't win? What what do we, what, when, when I see these nudniks get all these players and things like that, why do you think we don't win? What Why do you think that, what, when I see a DeAndre Hopkins linked to the Atlanta Falcons, why do you think we don't win? What's the reason for all that? Do we have our foundation built? Offensive line, defensive line, quarterback. That's the way you win in the NFL. That's the tried and true way. How many times do I have to sit here and say three quarterbacks, two different head coaches, not first round quarterback picks, the San Francisco 49ers, five of the last 10 NFC championship games? Why? Because they're in the business of being great at the line of scrimmage. The Chiefs are great in the business of being really good at the line of scrimmage. The Eagles are great because they're in the business of being good at the line of scrimmage. Everything else is Mishkas. Yeah, once you get all of these other things figured out, then you can start adding the A.J. Browns of the world and this guy and that guy, right? But it doesn't make any sense for this team who doesn't throw it, who called more run plays than pass plays in this league. When you look at the Bengals and the Chargers who are 75% pass, 25% run, 70-30 pass the run, It doesn't make a lot of sense. So again, just because you have some resources doesn't mean you go out there and start spending that kind of money, draft capital, whatever, to make it all happen. Do I like DeAndre Hopkins? Yes. Do I want to get in the business of DeAndre Hopkins? No. And I don't think the Falcons should be either, despite whatever tweet or post or whatever some insider has to say about it. All right, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Listen, we've got a fun thing going on right now. If you go to builtmarchmadness.com, you can get in on the vote for your favorite bar or puff. The Built March Madness bracket is here. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for some of your favorites. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, You're going to be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners get a free box of built bars, whether the protein infused marshmallow puffs, your traditional protein bars, whatever it is that you're wanting. And then we also have where if you vote for your favorite bar or puff, one lucky locked on fan is going to win a 12 month subscription to have the best built bars, pars or puffs. Delivered monthly straight to your door. So you can go to built.com today, check out all of the details, but go to the builtmarchmadnessbracket.com and vote for your favorite bar puff where you're entered into a chance to win one of 50 boxes of built bars or potentially that grand prize of a 12 month subscription. We're trying to hit, we're trying to eat better, we're trying to get in shape. Go to built.com today. All right. So is Jared Schuster the guy? So, you know, we're and I remember when Jared Schuster was drafted. He was drafted in 2020 from uh, Wake Forest. And and think about, by the way, too that 2020 draft and where this is looking. You know, the the I, I believe Michael Harris and Spencer Strider. Well, maybe not Michael Harris, but I think Spencer Strider was in that draft as well. Like this this class just a few years ago is, is paying big dividends. But Jared Schuster yesterday, who's trying to compete for that fifth spot, he, against really a lot of the Mets regulars, pitched six innings, two hits, two earned runs, a couple of walks, and a couple of strikeouts to go along with it. His ERA this spring is 1.45. And amongst qualifiers and spring training and all that good kind of stuff, he's got one of the top ERAs in the league. And the other guy is Dodd, who's been really good, kind of coming out of nowhere, Cinderella story out of nowhere, right? But Jared Schuster is a very interesting guy to maybe get that fifth spot. You know, look as Ian Anderson is going down to AAA, as Mike Soroka is not going to be ready, and and maybe that this is just a temporary thing, because I think once Anderson gets down there and he gets some things figured out. Once Mike Soroka kind of gets healthy and back on track, I do think that they will bring one of those guys up. And maybe Schuster is the odd man out. But certainly when you look at one of the things that the Braves are best at, yes, the general manager is, uh, oh, sorry, Bryce Elder and Spencer Strider were in the 2020 draft. So, um, So those two guys are already paying some dividends, right? And Strider just had a monster season. So you think about the class of 2020, Those two guys plus Jared Schuster, that's becoming a a really top-flight draft class. But one of the things that the Braves have done really well, besides locking up their players and making moves and all that with Alex Anthopoulos, their player development has been outstanding. When you look at Michael Harris and Spencer Strider and, and some of these guys that have come up through the system in a short period of time, you know, look, there's a difference between a Spencer Strider and Bryce Harper, right? You know, Bryce Harper, the number one overall draft pick, one of the greatest high school and, and you know, amateur players of all time and things like that. You know, he was always on the fast track to just immediately go up and play for the Washington Nationals, right? Like he was fast. Steven Strasburg, right? One of the, One of the great college pitchers. He was on the fast track. He got a pro contract, right? Coming out of college when he got drafted. Those guys were on the fast track. They were not going to spend a lot of time in the minors. But when you look at Strider or Schuster or Michael Harris, the Braves player development has been outstanding. And that's one of the things that has allowed the Braves to, whether it's lose a Freddie Freeman, lose a Dansby Swanson, there has been this plethora of guys that come up through their minor league system and and are developed to play at this level. And so I'm very curious to see. Uh, Right now, I would say Schuster's got the fast track to all of this. He's been outstanding in the spring. And if you look at at, at Schuster and and what he can do, uh, listen, why not? I mean, I, I know that we have this angst about rushing pitchers and all this kind of stuff, right? You know, we saw that for years. With the Tukey Toussaint's and Sean Newcomb's and all that. And were they rushed or whatever like that? Well, in this era of Alex Anthopoulos, you can't question any of their player development. Because what we say last year? The Michael Harris and the Spencer Strider, those guys were as important as anything else to this roster, right? I mean, you know, obviously Ronnie and, you know, Ozzy going down, but, you know, the young guys that came up. Vaughn Grissom, Spencer Strider, Michael Harris, those were the real difference makers when it came to the Braves winning another division title. That those guys were some of the sparks and catalysts. And the Braves, you know, Michael Harris is the rookie of the year. Strider could have won that same award. Vaughn Grissom was a guy who came up and just solidified second base for almost half a year. So their player development has been outstanding with the Atlanta Braves. And Jared Schuster is the next guy up in that kind of narrative of how good their player development is. I hope Jared Schuster gets a shot at being the fifth starter. Now, again, it may not be for a long term. You would think that once Soroka is back healthy, right? He he had an outing the other day, it was his first first time since he, you know, he tweaked his hamstring when he, you know, came down to Florida. Okay. Like I always I always thought that Soroka would end up starting in Gwinnett just because they wanted to give him some more work and build his stamina back up because he didn't obviously get much work. You know, I think it was Rome was the only place he pitched last year. And Ian Anderson is still trying to figure some things out. So until Ian Anderson or Soroka get themselves right, I'm fascinated to see Jared Schuster come up and what he can do. Because even if he does, literally, okay, even if he only is half as good, and I'm saying this half as good as Strider or Michael Harris, if he's half as good as those two guys, then you got something there. And again, we're talking about a fifth starter. The Braves are not winning or losing the division because of what their fifth starter does. And to think the idea of Schuster being up on this roster, and then you have backup plans of, Mike Soroka who was one of the top starters in the National League just a few years ago and Ian Anderson who was your best postseason pitcher in the year that you won the World Series how good are those two backup plans even if one of even if it's Schuster Anderson or Soroka if just one of those guys can perform one of those guys I don't need all 3 I mean I would love it and, and obviously you can never have too much pitching right Guys get hurt, guys go down. You saw last year, the Braves couldn't have too much pitching. But I'm excited to see Schuster, and I do think that he's going to win that spot. And by the way, Dodd is another guy. Dodd's been outstanding in the spring. Dodd's another guy who, uh, think about that rotation that could end up being in Gwinnett. Ian Anderson, Mike Soroka, Dodd. I mean, that's a hell of a, Bryce Elder, that's a hell of a rotation. That's better than, I'll, I'll be honest with you. That's better than some major league rotations that are going to be fluttered around. That's better than probably half the National League can trot out there. So I'm excited for Jared Schuster. I want to see what he does. And it's a lot because of how good the Braves have developed their players over these last couple few years. They are outstanding at when they get a guy in the minors, getting him ready, getting him developed, bringing him up to the big club. And those guys perform. I'm excited to see what Schuster can do if he gets that fifth spot. All right. Uh, after you make Hitting Hard with John Chuck, where you first listen, make sure you make Locked on Sports Today your second listen, the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and of the take of the day available on Odyssey, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard delivered to you as soon as they are available. Also, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page. It would be at JMCH316. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll be back on Monday. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chukry, Locked on Sports Atlanta.